Good morning. So, breakfast with the broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Uh, sometimes thereabouts, but today is at 9 a.m. and we got a very special guest. Um, we call him Ask Michael Mondays. He's got a great uh, uh, Facebook Live show as well um, and podcast, right? You do a podcast as well. Uh, Michael Citron of Remax Park Creek. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'll um, give you another answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other one was better. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, Michael, I mean, you know, I, I've kind of followed you from the distance and a lot of people, you know, have looked at you um, and, and looked up to you because, you know, you were pretty young in, in the business. You got in the business and really dominated a market. And, um, you know, agents kind of, you know, obviously are inspired by that. You know, what did you do? Oh, let's, let's go back. What's the first, you know, what, how did you get in the business? How did you get in the real estate business? And what made you decide to, to take on this crazy it, industry? Yeah, it's a crazy <laughs> thing. F 15 years ago, I was a teacher. I was studying to be a professor and I did real estate part-time and was invited to listen to a speaker, a broker. I, I started at Exit Realty years ago and I was taken back and I said, oh, I'll just make a little side income because teachers don't make a lot of money. <laughs> Professors don't make much more. And uh, it just blossomed and I, I enjoyed it and I liked it and I really had passion for it. And I said, wow, this is what I want to do in my life. I, I learned it really quickly. Um, and the market was just starting to pick up at that point. And uh, I, I jumped in, I immersed myself into it. I was there late at night, cold calling all day and nights and you know, it, it just flourished. That's awesome, man. You know, um, you said you're you were a professor. I don't know if you majored in psychology, but uh, you certainly need some of that. Uh. <laughs> Definitely have, have to wear your psych hat and really. <laughs> so, um, you know, you got in the business and uh, obviously uh, your predominant market is Parkland. Yeah. And, um, you know, Parkland, you know, to me is, you know, is a really kind of that uh, little home neighborhood, you know, city. Um, how did you, I mean, there were, I remember there were a lot of big hitters in Parkland. And um, not, not that you, you got rid of them all, but uh, you certainly are uh, pretty dominant in that market. How did you uh, tackle it? Uh, pretty tough to correct. It was, <laughs> it was uh, a lot of great agents, but I saw the opportunity where there were, you know, they were stepping back a little bit when the market changed. And I had to come up with some crazy ideas. I came up with the Parkland Parrot brand. They put parrots on everything. I saw it on Geico and Snoopy for MetLife. And I said, you know what, let's go with this. And, um, you know, I, I still say, you know, marketing gets you in the door and then you have to have a great presentation and really, you know, step up to the plate. And I did that and um, just had a couple great opportunities and I just took advantage of it. And I showed myself to other surrounding homeowners in the city and, you know, I did the local branding and then I got to go hyper local with actual communities. And I just was consistent. I worked hard. I, I over promised and over delivered and this is where we're standing here. And, and, you know, I've interviewed a, a lot of top producers and actually all over the country, all over the world, really. Um, and um, the consistent theme is consistency, you know, and, and the more consistent you are, uh, the more likely you're going to achieve success. And um, that Parkland Parrot, expand a little bit on that Parkland Parrot because, you know, a lot of times I remember, um, I don't know if you remember Mr. Internet, yeah. uh, Michael Rosser. So Mr. Internet, um, and, and that's what brought me, I don't know if he was part of that or whatever, or if that was any kind of um, your inspiration, sure, but um, Michael Russell started an EPRO uh, certification way back then, and um, he was very into niche marketing. So when we got into niche marketing, I remember there was someone in um, 
I think it was Lake Michigan, somewhere up there, and they, they would put rubber duckies mm -hmm. in the uh, in like lakes and in, in all their pictures. They would have these rubber duckies, and it was something similar to what you did with the, the Parkland Parrot. Expand on that, and how kind of was your inspiration with that? You know, I was putting it together a website. I I was an English professor. I loved to write, and I said, you know, how do I get myself on top of Google and for people searching? And back then. The algorithm was much different than it was now with, with yeah. Google, so I, I just wrote a lot of great articles. But I needed a starting point. I needed the, you know, where the nucleus, where everybody would come together. And that website, I, I went with a designer at the time, said, you gotta come up with something creative. And he was a California guy, and he's like, you gotta think outside the box. And, you know, we thought about a lot of different things, and it just, it hit. hit. And I just said, you know, we'll put this together, it's crazy. People made fun of it within my office, out of the office, and they joked. And I, you know, it, it hit me, you know, because you realize when you're doing something right, you're always going to have those haters, naysayers, people that are going to try to, you know, you know, hit you where, where, where you, you know, because you're trying to compete, as you said. It wasn't easy competing against the greatest agents at Parkland that have been in the business 30, 40 years at the time, some of them. And I immersed myself in putting this brand together. I knew it was weird. I knew it was out of the ordinary. And I said, I'm going to go with it. And we put it on every single postcard, mailer, email, and you know, after a while, people would say, you know, I'd get calls, and even to this day, I'd get calls, you know, am I talking to the parrot? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we have a mascot, we have Karki the parrot, we have let it flourish, and it's great to see other people, as you said, Mr. Internet, or you know, huge hitters of the world, um, using those type of brands, and now I see other people doing it, and I see other people in our area, and you know, using cool ideas, and you know what? It's great because somebody else is going to do something like that, and it's great to inspire people to do it. I always say you don't have to reinvent the wheel; you can stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, I mean, I think it, yeah, I think that's amazing. And you know, I remember um, we uh, I came up with whatever Highland Beach views. I was also got into the SEO kind of thing, and um, and we had a Rosette Spoonbill um, as our like little like kind of thing, and uh, it's a little it doesn't like off the tongue as much as a parkland parrot does but uh you know rosette spoonbill kind of thing but uh it was it was it was cool and and you know people would mention and say hey what about this what about this you know hey are you the rosette spoonbill you know kind of thing you know i haven't seen any in a while you know kind of thing and it does take kind of a you know a whole thing on its own i mean it really really um is awesome so um i think that's really important to agents to really be outside the box because when you look at parkland um, you have a lot of old school realtors, um, a lot of, you know, um, people that were doing business the old ways, not, not to say that the, the old ways don't, don't work because they do, um, but they needed a, a little new freshness. And uh, here comes Michael Citron uh, taking in that. Uh, they didn't like me. They didn't like me. <laughs> they did not. They no. still don't like me. <laughs> but now, now you, you know, maybe you cared a little bit back then. Now you don't care at all because it's, it's like, hey, you know what? You know, come with me. You know, don't, don't, uh, you know, we're, we're not always competitive. We don't have to be competitive. We don't need to be combative. You know, we can cooperate. You know, there's a lot of business out there. And, you know, the, the cream always rises to the top. And, do things the right way like you do, um, you know, business uh, is successful and you, you know, you achieve that. So, um, going, you know, talking about, you know, the, the, the P word but, and not parrot um, <laughs> and not parking, uh, prospecting, you know, um, how did you first start to prospect? You talked, you discussed uh, cold calling and stuff like that. Is that something that you 
we like to be on the phone. We, some people really hate to be on the phone. Some people like to be on the phone. Do you have any advice for agents that maybe uh, like to be on the phone and don't like to be on the phone? Well, if you like to be on the phone, on the phone, immerse yourself in it because it's something that a lot of agents won't do. And I think um, not only you know cold calling, but you know door knocking is great. You can't do it much in some of the areas. I understand, but if you're able to. to to get on the phone and you're good voice and you're able to have thick skin. I mean, it made my business. I and mean, my first deal in Parkland was a lady that was a buy owner. She had listed with a top agent at the time there in Parkland. And she, you know, I just bothered her in a positive way. I just gave her advice and information. And she knew I was young. She's like, you're a baby. And I mean, this was, you know, almost 15 years ago. And I said, look, let me meet with you. Let me just talk to you. And then she let me come over. She had this big, huge house. and. She said to me, she goes, you know, I'm really going to give you the listing. I'm going to give you your chance. Because I was dumb enough to tell her that I was new in the business. And you never should do that. Right. If anybody asks you how long you've been in the business, tell them it seems like it's been forever. Yeah. Never tell them. Right. Tell them your team's been in the business forever. So, but I told her I was dumb enough. And then she said, I'm going to do, your do you the best favor I can. Do you have another listing agreement in the car? I was like, uh, we already signed your listing agreement. She's like, no, no, no. Do you have another blank one? And I said, you know what? Thank God I do. I had a big, huge folder, like those accordion folders years ago. Yeah, You'd have to have the contract. And she goes, come with me. And she took me two doors down. And she goes, you're going to list her house to my best friend. She just expired with her agent. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so I got two new, brand new listings in Parkland. And I said, how am I going to market these things? I got to do a broker open. I got to have lunch at one dessert. I didn't have enough money at the time. My mother helped me make the meal. She helped me make the dessert. I mean, nobody knew that. But I was starving back then, and I just, I, I closed on those deals, I put money aside, and I just went with it. And I took the brand, and we implemented it then, and this lady, you know, Diane Weeder, I remember, she put me on the map at Parkland. And I just, because perception is reality. Wow. Understand marketing, if you can be perceived as the local and hyper-local market. So if you're in, you know, Boca, or wherever you are, that's the local market. But if you're going to immerse yourself, and I think with the changes in, you know, the iPi or stuff I hear you say and we talk about or the Zillows of the world. The only way to combat that is to be that hyper-local agent. And I, I think we've taken the Parkland market, but, you know, and really immersed ourselves there. But we've also looked at individual neighborhoods. And then that's the difference. That's the secret sauce that I don't think agents understand. They just focus on one thing, prospecting, you know, if you're gonna call, call your, your, your past clients, your new business expires. And then if you're not into that, you can also do some of the check equity. You can be, instead of you know, sweat equity, you could do check equity, which is actually spending some money and marketing and putting a budget together to put yourself in front of those homeowners that are looking to make a move. And that's what we've done. Absolutely, and you know, when you, you know, going back to the Parkland Parrot, I mean, you know, listen, when you get out of the business, you decide that, you know what, I'm, I wanna be out of the real estate business, you know, it's pretty tough to sell Michael Citron. No, you know, I'm not, I don't look like <laughs> But it's not tough to sell Park and Parrot. Mm -hmm. And it's not tough to, you know, sell your hyper-local neighborhoods or things that you've done where you have systems and you systemize that approach um, and, and you basically hand it over and really just need someone to, uh, to delegate the tasks yeah. you needed and, and be in front of people. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, and, you know, obviously um, most people, um, didn't know Parkland before uh, a few years ago, and um, you know with the the shooting, you know, and you know how did you because you know some people you know talk about perception, you know um, the perception changed overnight for Parkland. I mean Parkland was you know is 
a, a you know a very nice affluent community where kind of everyone knows each other. You put a bumper sticker be, to be proud of sure. you know, a Parkland resident, and then it changes overnight. And and you know then all of a sudden, well, Parkland's not safe, or Parkland schools aren't safe, and then such. How did you um, how did you deal with that? That's uh, pretty overwhelming. It was a challenge. I still think we're doing dealing with today. Um, I had calls days after the shooting to come list my house. I'm out of here. I'm pushing the button to leave. So it was difficult. We actually live in Parkland and we live the lifestyle. We have a lot of friends and family and we lost a lot of loved ones, um, kids, you know, in my neighborhood around three doors away. I mean, it's crazy. So we went through that process. I think our business shut down for probably a couple months. I couldn't deal with it. Um, I couldn't put any marketing out there. I mean, who's going to put marketing out there? Um, so we really immersed ourselves and I see our city has come together even more so. And it's a great city and we are the safest, even with the shooting, we're still the safest city. Um, but yes, it, it's been a challenge. I mean, people's perception, I would say locally, you know, within the South Florida community, we haven't seen a huge change. People still want to move from Coconut Creek or, you know, Miami, you know, East to come West out with a family. Uh, they're starting new or they're looking to you know get into a good school system we haven't seen that but yes definitely perception you type in and you know park one florida and you, you know northeast and i think it's it's definitely something where un, you know unfortunately but fortunately for for our city and, and real estate is you know these shootings have become you know every day now it's it's not it's not uh you know it's normal to, to see it i mean we're seeing them all over the place um, but I think the way the city's responded, our, our local uh, government, our, our, our police has stepped up. It's a much safer school. We have much more SRO officers in the school. The city's safer. Uh, as I said, the city's really come together. And I'm proud to call myself a parking resident. And when people ask me that question, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I'm like, I live it. Let's come look at it. You can see the mayor every day at Starbucks. You can, you know, get, get an answer back from, from people in our city. It's we still high car. Our city, if you know it, I'm you know, like a small Mayberry surrounded by the hustle and bustle of South Florida. It's a great place to live. It always is. I knew even after the shooting happened and we had, you know, this you know, big events that we've had since, I've said to my family, I mean, this is where we live. I'm, 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 it's crazy to say this tragedy has made me even love our city more. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. And I, and I think that's why I think we sell the lifestyle better through this change and what happened. Um, but it's, it's definitely something that we have to deal with. And it's, it's something we certainly have to step up in our marketing and our game because it was quick to get that question. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you talk about putting things in perspective, um, you know, very quickly, um, you know, tragedies like this, you know, and unfortunately, you know, you think of three or four, you know, school shootings and, and you know, yeah. one of the first ones, you know, um, is Parkland right now. And, um, you know, um, you know, hopefully there aren't any more, but, you know, the society is, uh, is kind of lending itself to sure. a lot more of this. And, um, and there's going to be a lot more communities that are going to deal with it. And there's going to be a lot more communities calling people like yourself who, you know, are influential in the community um, to say, how do we deal with this? You know, realtors across the country dealing with it in those communities Texas. are going to be calling. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be calling and saying, hey, you know, I, I don't know what to do. You know, like you said, you know, you don't think about if you're not immersed in that city, you don't think about having to stop marketing for two months. Because like, what are you going to do? You're going to market like for listings. You're going to look like you know, insensitive. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and so it's um, it's it had to be very very difficult. I mean, we um, 
you know, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I, I've listed Fulton Pope and Parkland, but, uh, you know, that's not my, primarily my area. Um, but we've, you know, we've heard it on a limited scale. You know, hey, you know, no, I don't want to go to Parkland because, you know, it's not safe. You know, and, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> what are you reading? You know, that's fake news. That's like, you know, it's, you know, if you look at uh, the crime rate and all that other stuff, it's, it's, uh, so I, yeah, that had to be very tough. And, and I'm sure something that you, you obviously you said you, you're still dealing with. So. Yeah. Um, let's, so let's go into a little bit more positive uh, <laughs> vibe. Uh, how'd you come up with uh, Ask Michael Mondays? You know, I, I kind of looked online and I see that, uh, that as I said, you, you have to, be, when you're in real estate, you have to always be looking to other people who are doing well. And I just, you know, always looking online and I saw other agents doing some of their vlog shows and their podcasts. You know, everybody watches the Million Dollar Listing shows and you just get inspiration. I mean, it's all fake, I think. I, I, uh, I, it, it is. I love Million Dollar Listing. Uh, yeah, I love it too. Uh, well, listen, we like can a, script it too. You know it's, <laughs> it's scripted. It's scripted. Yes. Do you know that? Do you know that the, the the houses on million dollar listing, the contracts and the negotiations have been done six months prior to yeah. ever. You're pricing my dreams. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah. No, I know on HGTV it is, but not on million dollar listing. Yes. One hundred percent. I mean, they're real deals. They just right. been done. It's just been scripted so it looks good for TV. Yeah. And that's so great. they're not really yelling at the other people. No, no, no. They, maybe they they're doing it just for like if when Ryan Sirhan cried to his wife, I don't think that was real. Right. right. I mean, I, maybe, maybe he cried and then he came back on camera and they told him to cry this but way. But when your clients are like, no, 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 you get, if you don't do this, you're not getting my other listing, that's I don't fake. think so. Well, I mean, I think these people are going on TV for a reason. They're, mm -hmm. They want their exposure. I think it helps his marketing, of course. I mean, it's mm -hmm. his personal brand and, and certainly the whatever building, because it takes yeah, years to sell it. <laughs> I only like the, 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 not the, I don't like the main one. I only like the New York one anyway. So, well, I don't understand. So millennials don't trust anything. You, tr <laughs> you finally trust million dollars. Yeah, that's right. Like, they give me hope. You know, I see that. You know, like, you know, like we, we, I mean, not necessarily my era, but uh, slightly before my era, everyone trusted Walter Cronkite. Yeah. You know, because that was like, you know, whatever he said was gospel. You know, now no one trusts anything. So you shouldn't trust the but, TV, sir. But I would tell you that I think the show... <laughs> What's great about the show is we talk about, you know, we went through and, it's, you know, it's, it's your show, you have to get guests. So in the beginning, we, you know, did the, you know, it's crazy, we have it all set up yeah. better now. With the, you have this, yeah, the, you know, light and everything we were having, putting this thing on a, on a you know, garbage can, holding right. it up in the first couple episodes. <laughs> Nobody knew that. But, you know, we didn't know what to do. And we just brought in um, different people in the real estate business. But what I liked about doing it in park, but mine's very hyper-local, as I said. It's, you know, it's local uh, to, to the city. I had commissioners on, people were running for board, you know, to, to be commissioners, and we were interviewing after the tragedy, I and mean, then we were interviewing everybody. And I thought it was a great way that we were actually a voice, a way that people could come online to get that information, to learn about Parkland. And I, and I say you gotta sell a city, a neighborhood, then the house itself. So by me showing the, the, the city that I care, that I'm involved in the city, that I wanna support everything that's going on, that's going to get people to, to, to move towards you. And I think the Parrot brand helps, but I really believe at the end of the day, if you immerse yourself and show where you're looking to market, that you not only want to be a specialist, but care, really care about the community. I mean, I'm having people that are contacting me to be on our show in our city, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And we're almost at 100 episodes, 
And I just, I can't believe it's been that long. And I, I have a great, um, just like you have a great in-house here, we have, I have my own marketing guy and um, he does video, you know, videography and we're, just, we're continuing to try to, you know, exceed our expectations and, and go higher. So yeah, I mean, realtors connecting communities and there's no better way than video. Yeah. And you know, you gotta get, you gotta, the one thing that I, I the advice that I give to realtors is like, you have to embrace the new technology. Stop embracing what everyone else does. Like, you know, just because someone, you know, does a video show, well, maybe you should do something else. I don't know, I, I don't know what that is. Maybe you get into AI, maybe you get into augmented reality or something else, but don't keep trying to do what everyone else is doing because, you know, you're gonna be competing with too many people. You know, now video shows, you know, back when you did it, you've been two years or so, um, doing video no one was doing it yeah you know so i mean we started it last july you know there were you know maybe 20 30 people in our area doing it now there's hundreds you know so as you can see the problem with what realtors do is that they don't adapt to technology until they have to yeah. until they're required to is like you know they're not texting for showing instructions until everyone's texting Correct. for showing instructions so now all of a sudden, oh uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell the story, and, and most of you heard it, but in uh, I think it was right around 2003, 2004, whatever it was, um, I got a text, you know, and back then you paid 50, 75 cents a text or whatever the amount was, and I get a text for showing instructions, hey, can I show you know one two three Appleby Street, and I'm like, how freaking rude! Why would someone do that? Why would so you know, and, and your whole mindset and perspective changes, you know, fast forward, you know, 16 years later, and all of a sudden, you know, if, we, if you call me, I'm like, how rude, don't call me for showing instructions, it's awful. Now it's like, you're rude if you do call them, yeah. but no one answers. I no. Just shoot yeah, out like, the question. Right? right. You're like, doing like, the business. Don't call me, like, you know, how old are you? I literally text people, I'm like, can, can you call me? I have a question. Right, right. That's, it's funny, but, you know, but language, is, language has uh, certainly changed and, and all of that. So I always end it with, with, with this. Um, tell us a, something that we don't know about Michael Citron that maybe no one knows or maybe only a few people know. I mean, I'm a diehard Philadelphia sports fan. That's really where I... You know, when they won the Super Bowl, we went, my brother and I went up for the parade. I forget that. Yeah, no. <laughs> was it Toronto? Um, I, I would say that, you know, you know, going back to, you know, giving a little bit of idea about myself and what agents should do to kind of swing it there is that what you said, you can't be following what people are doing. It's too late to be texting now. It's too late to be, I, mean, I remember we, for the first, maybe in Park Hunter, in the area that did drones. And people are like, what the hell? I had neighbors calling the police on me. Oh, me too. So, so understand, I, what I believe is it's great to be successful, but I don't look at success. I look at what your aspirations are, what your, what your abilities are, what you can do in the future. So instead of looking towards today, you've got to look at tomorrow. What, we're already looking at next year. We're using lifestyle videos. I don't even know. I, mean, I, I, I saw this out west. I saw these huge agents doing these amazing uh, putting in actors and videos and we've done maybe a half a dozen almost a dozen videos with actors and it's working and it's great and I'm thinking man I'm not a real estate agent anymore. you said it I'm not I mean psychologist. I'm everything but when we start we're marketers so what is it today that you're passionate about you don't have to sit here and have your own show like you do or I do you could just pick up your phone there's no excuses anymore the technology use it and 
Walk around your neighborhood. Talk every day about something that's important to you that you like. I mean, if you like to work out every day, show that you work out. You're the workout builder. If you, you know, enjoy food, you bring elements of restaurants into your business. So that's what we do right, right now. The lifestyle that I see that the future of what we're looking to do, that know that deep down what, what Michael Citron is looking to do is I'm looking to get our, to the next level. We're looking to expand our business and take more of Parkwood and, and then maybe branch out a little bit. But the idea is what can we do? So really look at that as, you know, what are people doing that's exceptionally different? Like I'm, I don't have a budget of 10, 20, $30,000 to do these lifestyle videos, but I still have a decent budget and, I, and it's working already. And it's getting a buzz out there. Uh, we, we put out lots of marketing, both online print, you know, social media. You really have to put it all together because people need to see you when they pick up their phone and look on their social media, when they go into their mailbox, when they see you at an event or, or something involved in the city. That's the difference in what I'm looking to do. So to learn a little about me, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, you know, enjoying you know, time with my family. I work out, I'm a diehard CrossFitter. I go up every morning at 4.30, do my to-do list, and then I'm at the gym every day, 6 a.m., 7, take our son to, to school, and then I'm at the office by 8.30, 8.45. And I haven't changed that in 15 years. So yeah, I mean, consistency, wow. You know, when you have those routines, those are the routines of a high achiever. I don't know if you know John Tebow. Yeah. You know, um, he, he wakes up at like two thirty in the morning. I'm like, what are you? Doing? That's a lot. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Four thirty is way early for me. So, but you know, um, it's kind of like uh, you follow Gary Vee at all. Yeah. So, so you know, you, you know, Gary Vee says document everything. You know, like you, you know, document everything. Like, why wouldn't you document things? Because you know, just because you think it's not interesting doesn't mean other people aren't going to. And um, you know, the days of you know, Facebook status and saying, hey, I went to the bathroom, hey, I went through yeah. this and that. No, you're not doing that, but you're videoing because you, people are demanding authentic content. You know, not even, you know, authentic, original content. They don't want, you know, repurposed or, um, you know. that are listing brand. You know, in lifestyle videos, you know, we've seen a huge influx of it. Now, now we're also movie directors. Um, so, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, we just add it. We just keep on adding uh, job titles. But, uh, Likes are leaving next week. What's that? Likes are no more on yeah. Instagram next week. And well, I'm sure it's going to happen on Facebook at, at some point as well. Yeah, they, they say that. It's crazy. You know, and, and, and in all honesty, it changes. Imagine that. Imagine not posting for life and, and just having to post original content. You know, like, wow, you know, boy, we've come a, a long way, you know, so. Hopefully it changes the mindset of uh, people too. But um, thank you so much, Michael. I mean, I appreciate it's a big it. One. Yes. No, no, very good. I mean, let, you know, just to sum up things, um, you know, Michael is really um, an amazing top producer, and I really appreciate you uh, coming here. And you know, the things that he does, you know, habit, routine, you know, having that routine and doing it every day, uh, consistency with your marketing and branding, thinking outside of the box. All of that uh, will help you achieve success. And uh, Michael, thanks for sharing. We appreciate it. And uh, look for his uh, Ask Michael Mondays. Um, it's out there uh, all over the place. And uh, really, really good content as well. So we will see you next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Next, We're learning about a new development next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we have a, a great developer coming in. Um, he actually uh, developed uh, Point 100. 
and now he's, uh, he's going to come in and, and talk to us about a new property he's got going on. So we look forward to uh, him. We got another couple other guests this, uh, this uh, month. We have Jared Lowe, who is the incoming president for RAPB plus GFOR plus SBBOR. Although at NARD, we got a, a, a new name, and I is Broward. I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you, know, you know what? One minute, I want to ask you a question because it, I forgot that um, the uh, NAR, I don't know if you saw the NAR pocket listing um, MLS kind of, um, Forgive me, just one more minute. Um, so the National Association of Realtors came out with a um, somewhat of a uh, pretty controversial topic in that they're requiring M um, MLS members to within one day of a, a property going under contract or status having, um, I mean, not property under contract, uh, uh, having a listing. If you're marketing at any point, if you're marketing, that means social media or anything, it needs to go into either a coming soon status or an active status. Do you off market pocket listings? You off market, so um, you, you, the Zillow coming soon and stuff like that. Um, it's pretty controversial. I thought that it was not going to require MLSs to do that. Um, unfortunately, it does. And it's going to change the way we do business. And I think, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, I don't like it. I, I mean, you know, I think it's, I mean, look, I've heard, you know, people say you're just trying to sell your own listing. I really think that with so much availability of somebody to go online and see properties, you want to be the ultimate source. Again, this hyper-local. I love when people come and see. I mean, just this year, I mean, I've done Ask Michael Monday at a, at a new listing. I knew it would sell. And two, two people on my Facebook page contacted me and said, I want to buy that house. So when you see this video, this works. Mm -hmm. it, it might take time, and you really have to get good at it. But, you know, I put it on there. I didn't have the listing on the MLS. And, we, you know, the, the, the problem that I find is it doesn't take two seconds to get a house in the market. You get a paper signed, when we, and us in the business, if you're not a real estate agent, you have a plan. You should have a plan. You get a listing sign. You want to get it staged. You want to do some marketing. Maybe you do a lifestyle thing. You want to do an open house, a broker open, and launch the listing. That takes time. So for you not to be able to market that in a mean, you know, to make it unique and special, that it's something that, you know, it's like people want it because they can't have it yet. Mm -hmm. So I got so much response just in that one video. And we sold it. I had backup offers on, on people that didn't even look at it on the MLS or Realtor.com or Zillow. So yes, I think it affects it. If you're still able to do it, I would take pictures of the listing, have them right on there coming soon, that day, put it up. Take advantage. I mean, because we realistically have to follow the rules. So within that day period, at least you can get it exposed. So it's just going to make you have to compromise and be that better of a realtor to go home instead of going out load your pictures make them look as nice as you can use the editing software from your iphone and put those pictures up use your social media say this listening instead of coming soon say 24 hours until it's on mls just do something different make it still unique do we lose a day or two yes a week i mean that's the problem is that somebody's going to want to be on there and that's my issue now well my biggest issue is that the mls is dictating the way we do business correct so um and i probably shouldn't say this because I'm on the MLS for graphics. Yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't like when a agency or what have you um, uh, dictates the way you do business. Um, I do agree that there needs to be some um, way that the MLS stays relevant compared to what 
like a Zillow and, and the bigger portals um, do. But I think that there's other ways. Now, on the, on the positive side, um, I think it's going to also demand that, mo that MLSs have a coming soon status. I think that's so. Coming. So the coming soon statuses um, will be there in congruent with um, you know, the, the ruling, and, and I think uh, it, it's implemented in May. Um, but it's actually starting in January. And, you know, it's interesting, but when you look at the MLS, it's, um, they have to, they have, I think they had to do something to, because I think that they were losing inventory. And, um, and yeah. that's the only way to stay relevant. I do think that it is, you don't want the, you know, the wild, wild west as well. So, um. Yeah, I'm like I'm like pulled in both ways because I don't like when someone says, "Hey, you can't do business like this," but then I understand why they did it because then you really have to keep your inventory, and it's really technically it's really protecting you know most of the real estate industry um, to a certain degree. So you're on the board. I mean, my biggest yeah. thing is before all this came out, it's 24 to 48 hours you have to have your list. I didn't know that. I mean, to be honest, so I have my my sellers before this happened sign an agreement on my listing that says. We are not putting our house on the market until the photos and videos and professional photography are done. Period. Because I would, I mean, I got in trouble. A neighbor saw a house. I said, "Yeah, it's not ready. I mean, it's dirty. You don't want to see it this way. You're not going to like it." Right. No, no, no. We want in, and that's for violations. Whole thing. So we put that in there. Now with this change, will be even more unique and to, to have to deal with it. I mean, even with the coming soon status, what are the restrictions of it? Can you show it? Yeah. Can How you, am I going to show a house? Have offers. Can you, can you, you know, so, you know, there's a lot more discussion that needs to go with the 600 or so MLSs around the yeah, country, you know, you know, stuff. but, um, you know, as you said, you know, we live by the rules. Uh, we don't always agree with them, but, uh, we understand why, you know, where it came from. Just do the best you can. All right. Sorry. We took way too much time, but I had to get that out there because I forgot to ask him that. And, uh, uh, thanks again, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday at 9 a.m.